Hey guys! Hi! Welcome back. Um, Why did I say that so country? Hi! 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 This is episode three, and we are so excited. We got the best feedback from episode two. Honestly, you guys have been amazing throughout all of our episodes. I say that like we've had a ton. But episode two really touched a lot of you, and the feedback we got was just very touching to me because it was real life issues that we struggle with and it made me feel not only that we're not alone which we knew that but we made you feel like y'all weren't alone and that's that's, most important to us. that literally makes me happy um that brings me joy which brings us to our next shout out a shout out to robin for reaching out to us on instagram and kind of sharing his story. his story with us and but also reaching out to praise us and reminding us that when you're struggling to find normalcy remembering the little victories and joys just in your day-to-day it's really like important yeah and I felt like that was just really good advice especially for people like us who are literally taking it day-to-day like we can't think about tomorrow's at right now still well and also like I think it's a realization of we're not <laughs> We're accepting of the fact that we're not going to have huge victories at this point. You know, there are going to be days that are huge, but we need to focus on the small joys right now because that's kind of all we have. So we really, we do that a lot here. Like every little, I mean, we celebrate not having to argue at the dinner table. (laughs) We celebrate. It's a good night if somebody eats all their dinner in one night. If they don't, if we don't have to bribe somebody to finish their dinner we get so excited it's small things like that that bring you joy that get you through the days and that was such a good reminder so thanks robin for that episode two we decided to call you're like really pretty it's episode three episode three (laughs) episode three we decided to call you're You're like like really pretty." pretty Me and Molly went and saw Mean Girls this week, actually. Right? Live, the play. The, yeah, obviously. The <laughs> Broadway musical um, that was here in Greensboro at the Stephen Tanger Center. And it was amazing. Shout out to whoever played Janice because they nailed that role, by the way. But we got inspired by that. And we thought a good topic for episode three would be bullying. Bullying. I said that so weird. <laughs> that felt unnatural coming out of my okay. mouth the way I said the it. The topic for episode three would be bullying. And here we go. Let's dive into it. Okay, I know some of y'all may have thought we were crazy, but we do like <laughs> to keep you updated with our life. And our life includes Walgreens. I'm not kidding you. Walgreens has finally reached out to us. They t- they wanted us to drop the link, guys. They literally <laughs> said, thank you, God, for Ryan from Walgreens Corporate, because he said, drop the link. Shout out to you, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan, because he finally realized how much we love Walgreens and our weird obsession, and I hope they're listening to this episode, because we truly love you guys. My daughter loves you guys. Our kids literally love Walgreens. They think it's Disney World and it's insane. So thank you. Shout out to Walgreens. After seeing Mean Girls this weekend, um, I was thinking the other day, I was kind of trying to wreck my brain about where I wanted to go with this episode, what what we 
would cover and talk about. And I was kind of having trouble coming up with something. And then I was like, oh, wait, we just saw Mean Girls. Like, that would be a really good topic to talk about. And I'm not talking about just Mean Girls in general. I'm talking, like, bullying in general and how prevalent it is still even into adulthood. <laughs> what are you getting? What are you laughing at, dude? I have no idea. <laughs> because I use prevalent as a woman. <laughs> she laughs when I use big words. Um, anyways, I'm going to continue with what I was saying. <laughs> now you have me fucked up. Just keep going. <laughs> Shit, dude. I don't even remember what I was talking about anymore. You made me lose my whole train of thought. Yeah, anyways, we're going to talk about bullying. <laughs> and apparently Nina finds fucking hilarious. I feel like I'm being bullied right now. All right, so like Molly was talking about, bullying is our main topic. And um, we want to share our own experiences. But we also want to just make it clear to you guys that Bullying is not just elementary school, middle school, high school. It doesn't stop there. It continues on into adulthood. There are so many different levels to this shit. Like, I hate to, like, make it sound like that. But, I mean, there is cyberbullying. There's social media bullying, which is pretty much the same. But it can be different sometimes. Unintentional bullying, um, which is what I will call slight ignorance. But we'll talk on some of that later. But... We're not just talking about our kids here. Um, we will touch on that. But I just want to read a few statistics that we um, did find. Students who are experiencing bullying are at an increased risk for depression, anxiety, sleep problems, dropping out, and low academic achievement. Does that sound familiar to any of you? <laughs> but her especially in this situation being that she was bullied in school so much it's part of my pre-pre-trauma yeah it's what we like to call the pre-pre-trauma and then the pre-trauma and then the then the trauma current trauma (laughs) and then the The, impending future trauma no future post-trauma um okay and continuing on Another statistic said that bullied students are twice as likely to commit suicide. 48 states in the U.S. have cyberbullying laws. However, they don't actually protect as much as they make it seem. So there is a difference between bullying and harassment. And in order for it to be considered harassment, the distinction between the two is that when the bullying behavior directed at the target is also based on a protected class, so there are a few things that are listed that are considered a protected class that make it harassment. Those are race, color, religion, sex, age, disability, or national origin. If you don't fall into one of those categories, so say you're being bullied because you're a nerd, or you're being bullied because you're the weird kid, or you're being bullied because you like unicorns, whatever it may be, that doesn't fall under that category so even if you're the book bag girl yeah i mean whatever it is it's just it it, so there's not full protection and um that's one thing we wanted to bring more attention to as well we will link in our description the stopbullying.gov which is where we got most of our information from 
I was about to say education. We got most of our education from, no, shout out to North Davidson High School for that one. When it goes to adults, um, one-fifth of bullying happens on social media. That's terrible. Why, as adults, are we bullying other adults on social media? That is a sad, sad thing. That's a, that's a sad, sad statistic. Say that five times fast. God. So we kind of wanted to start out with our own experiences in bullying and being bullied. I think we both have dealt with each one of those issues at the same time. (laughs) And I don't, that sounds like a weird way to put it, but either way, uh, for me, it it began. I mean, it's like calling a spade a spade though. Yeah. I for sure bullied people in middle school and I got called out for it later in life and it felt terrible. So I'm sorry to anybody I ever bullied. I never bullied anybody. That's not true. Uh, (laughs) Like, I literally don't believe that for one second because she bullied me, so. Yeah, no. She's probably right. I was was sometimes not nice in high school. Anyways, we're going to start this out with me when I first came to where we live. It's a very small town. Um, I came here and I was the weird homeschooled kid that nobody knew. And mind you, this town has three stoplights everybody here has gone to school together since they were in preschool or before or they're related to each other everybody knew everybody you just stick out like a sore thumb like you broke your leg that summer so you walk kind of weird because your leg was broken in a cast for three months and you have zero social skills because you weren't socialized enough being homeschooled your mom didn't understand fitting into social cliques, especially in small southern towns that are as clicky as these are and can be. But I didn't, I wasn't just in one singular one. Um, I got picked on a lot. Uh, my mom was just not one of those parents that believed in buying name brand clothes for their kids and made me shop at like Goodwill and Mega Thrift and stuff, which is popular now. Like people love, they love to go thrifting. But back then, I say back then, and that makes me feel so old. Ew, disgusting. I don't want to ever say that again. But also to touch on what she just said, keep in mind, she came here seventh grade. I started seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess, was then, you know, kind of to what she was saying, because it is such a small, close-knit, everybody-knows-everybody community, I grew up in this community, born and raised in the same community. So just her saying, like, just her explaining that being the new kid was enough, like, that's enough for me, because I can only imagine from somebody who had parents that were already in the cliques before I was even born, who had parents who were already on the PTO before I was even born, there are, there's a different level to that. So being the new kid alone is a huge deal in a town as small as ours. And let alone being different. Yeah. It's hard to adapt to, you know, and I was also, I was very small. I have always been small. I'm five, one and a half maybe on a good day, but I've always been very, very slim, especially whenever I was that age. Cause I probably hadn't even reached five one by then. And I was skinny. I probably weighed like 79 to 89 pounds. I was tiny. And so I got asked all the time, like, are you anorex- anorex- anorexic? <laughs> I think I tried to combine anorexic and bulimic and <laughs> got anorexic. It sounded, it sounded like an analog clock. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> any, anyways, so once I hit high school, it kind of, uh, things definitely switched for me. Um, I guess around sometime around freshman to sophomore year, you know, my body filled out a little bit more. I had, you know, boobs bigger than the average 72 pound person. That's fair enough to say. <laughs> and if you're a girl and you dealt with this, you know what I mean when I say this, but you're instantly sexualized mm -hmm. no matter what you're wearing no matter no matter what like, it's like the it, second big boobs equals your slut and i got a lot of attention like later in high school and a lot of and i was definitely still a virgin i don't even think i got my first kiss till my freshman year of high school i was very just inexperienced and and people would take advantage of that because i one wasn't a popular kid, so they knew that by showing me that attention that, you know, they could try and get things out of me. So it was a it's it's rough being a girl <laughs> in high school, but then a girl that gets bullied a lot makes it harder. And that's probably why I'm part of the didn't graduate statistic half of it anyways. But also, like we, t we had kind of talked about before, that's what led to you having an attitude and bullying a little bit later in life right because um, you kind of had your concept on that as like hurt people hurt people and because you had been through so much yeah it definitely I definitely used to be when I was younger I mean I was just friends with everybody I was super nice I was a huge tomboy growing up and you know part of that was part of the reason why I came into seventh grade so weird too probably because I'd been feral in the forest for the last three months oh my goodness <laughs> um I did. My dad made me climb to the top of a uh, hanging rock with a cast on my leg. A full cast. I did it, though, because I'm that bitch. But I but I, I did. Back to uh, what I was saying. What was I saying? I can barely remember what I'm saying. That's fair. Okay, and for me, I was fortunate to have grown up in this community, graduated high school with the same people I went to preschool with. I mean, very tight-knit community. So, I was the opposite of Molly um, where she said hurt people hurt people I was kind of the opposite I actually feel like I did more bullying in middle school um where I was a cheerleader we were all very clicky I don't personally remember doing anything but I was told by a customer not a customer at my shop but a customer when I worked at a store one time that I locked her in the band closet and I'm sorry for that but um, you know, I also had my own experiences and most of that stemmed, or I guess came late middle school, early high school. I dated black guys and some people in the South didn't like it. I came out to my locker one day and my full locker when I was a freshman was covered with post-it notes and each individual post-it note said, N-word, lover, written in Sharpie. And everybody was laughing, and it was it was pretty awkward. So I was ripping them off the locker, and obviously not because I was ashamed, because it is what it is, and that's I was enjoying my life. But it just, to me, was a realization of how much bullying and moments like that can take a toll on you. You have to do a senior project your senior year. Except for me, because I didn't graduate. 
Well, it's not like you were exempt from the project. You just didn't make it that far. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, know. I, I didn't make it that far on purpose. I didn't want to do it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> At the high school that we graduated from, we did a senior project. So I thought that I wanted to be a therapist or a psychiatrist when I grew up. I had an internship at the middle school that we also went to, which was right next door to our high school. And I worked underneath the guidance counselor. Like I did a lot of things, but she shadowed me and made sure everything was good. I thought it would be really easy and it was not. It was hard because they felt more comfortable telling me things than the guidance counselor, I think because I was closer to their age. But they would tell me things in confidence that would sometimes be harmful or just scary. And I would obviously have to tell the guidance counselor who would then have to contact the parents. And it just, it made me feel like the kids in middle school at the same middle school that I had been at, at the same middle school that I had bullied kids at. I think that's what hit home for me. It was the opposite, like the self-realization that I wasn't always the nicest and it made me feel bad when really I had gone in there because of my own bullying experiences. So that's my story. Do you guys know that, do you remember those suckers that they used to have in school that they'd always give out around Halloween time, like the teachers would sometimes give them out or have them? And they were the caramel apple ones with the actual caramel melted over them. I just bought a bag of them the other day from Walgreens and I just wanted you guys to know that they're my favorite sucker on earth and I'm really glad that Walgreens had them. We already eating. did our Walgreens I know, ad. I know we already did our Walgreens ad, but I was just giving them another shot for carrying my favorite sucker. I talked about my dealings with like middle and high school bullying and issues with that, which, you know, that's that's small fries compared to when you're an adult and some of those people that you knew in high school never really left high school. Um, and it's not even those people. Sometimes it's complete strangers. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's complete strangers. I've It's been all across the board for me. Um, I'm not supposed to be saying, um, that's really annoying. Whenever I was younger, like in my early 20s, I was in really good shape. I was thin. I was short, but I wasn't like overly thin. I was in, I worked out. I was in decent shape and I really loved my body at that time in my life. And I finally felt comfortable in my skin and I was confident in who I was. And I had finally made it past that high school. Like I'm not, yeah, awkwardness and come out of that ugly duckling phase that I thought I seemed to have. And then I got pregnant. And for me, I'm already very short. I have a very short torso. So I was a large pregnant lady. And Nina can attest to this. Let me just tell you from, an, from a bystander. I have never in my life seen someone's body change more during a pregnancy than I had. Than I literally watched Molly's body change. From just a stick with some big boobs to just around you know like when <laughs> violet comes out and she's like violet you're turning violet violet and she's in this giant blueberry it was kind of like that it's kind of like that i was just really round yeah, um but short but and and small it was a meatball mm-hmm. 
so I gained 60 pounds with Mason. I was 112 when I got pregnant and I was 172 when I gave birth. And that was a lot for somebody as short as me. A lot of that was obviously water weight. I was retaining water really badly. Um, and baby weight. And plus, I gained all my weight at the end. I don't know why, but that's just how it worked out for me. And I was not one of those people that immediately bounced back after having a baby, which is so – you see it so much in the media that all these women – having babies and then two weeks later they have their body back and they look amazing and they're doing this and doing that and that's just so unrealistic for and sometimes it's not i mean sometimes everybody's different sometimes people people can really do that and i applaud those people i've seen it i know some of those people i do too i've known people that have given birth and two weeks later are working out and you know looking just like they did before exactly thin and fit and that's just not how it works for everybody and that's a that's something that I wish more people knew. Yeah, it's just and that was it was commented on a lot after I had Mason. Um, you know, my weight gain and how obvious it was and then I started taking birth control shortly after that and I think that's a big part of the reason as to why that baby weight really never came off and it didn't come off for me until Rolo died. This is, I'm not suggesting this. This is a horrible thing to have happened that caused me to lose all this weight. It was very unhealthy weight loss, but I lost like 25 to 30 pounds in like six months time between losing my brother and Rolo. And once again, that's not, not we do not condone that whatsoever, but that just kind of kind of shows you how much your words impact people and even if you're not directly doing it to harm them it still sticks with people I guess I mean Molly's been there as I've had customers I've had complete strangers that don't know my situation um with my hyperthyroidism that don't know my situation with losing my husband and trying to raise these two kids by myself like they don't know any of that and they come in will say things like girl you need to eat a cheeseburger or you're the palest person i've ever seen i I, i'm i'm not even making that up people have said that to me they don't think about their words and i that's what i meant in the beginning when i said unintentional bullying i don't a hundred percent consider that bullying i think it's a slight amount of ignorance that people just don't think before they speak they say things without understanding that something could be wrong with someone something could someone could be completely depressed and you're commenting on their weight no matter if it's they're too skinny or they're too fat it it shouldn't be said then it was their 13th reason and you're gonna feel like shit or you're never gonna know you're never gonna know that you're the person that sent them over the edge i have had so many people and i think i made a tiktok about this so many people that have asked me once I tell them that my husband has passed away, the first thing they say is, oh, well, why are you still wearing your rings? What? Why are you commenting on things like this? And that's unintentional bullying, in my opinion. I just don't think their intentions are are, are bad, but... It's nosiness, but it's not their right 
to be nosy about things like that. Like, there's normal, like, nosiness, like, neighbors, like, creeping on their neighbors. And then there's people who see something and feel like, for whatever reason, they have a right to comment on it or ask about it just for the sake of wanting to know why. And sometimes you just need to mind the business that pays you and just keep it moving because you don't know everybody's story. And I'm not claiming ever to be not guilty of this. I've done my fair share of this before. But the key is acknowledging it and doing better. And I think that as a age group. I think everybody at some point has been judgmental. I mean, that's a normal thing to do. But it's not just strangers, like we said. We, me and Molly both have our lips done. We both have lip filler. We both got slack from several people saying, you don't need to be doing that. You're plastic. You're, I mean, back going back to Mean Girls, we're plastic apparently. Um, yay, we're part of the plastics. Um, we are... For your know, information, it's hyaluronic being, acid. We're being <laughs> fake. Um, that's not our real appearance. What, why don't we just, you know, it, you don't need things, that. You're you pretty without that. it. Yeah. The and, same things when men tell you like, oh, you don't need makeup. Like it's literally just like, that. and honestly, all those comments came from men that I just mentioned. Oh yeah. Everything. All of it came from men. Like, oh, you're, you're too beautiful for that. You're going to mess up your face. I'm not doing it for you. We don't do anything for you. <laughs> like calm down, Carl. Molly spends hours doing her makeup and i guarantee it's not for anybody but her damn self because i get enjoyment out of it it makes her happy i listen to my music and i do my makeup and i vibe and that's just something that is relaxing to me i don't do it for you we eat yet still people comment on our way we don't do this for you i don't go home and eat to make you guys happy i eat to keep myself alive and to keep myself healthy I don't care about other people. We we do these things for us. And that is something we really want to make, not only make clear, but also encourage to others. Do things for you. Don't worry about everybody else. Something I noticed, and I've, for those of you who don't know me personally, I've just moved back from living on the West Coast to the East Coast. And Portland, Oregon, and North Carolina are two very different places. You and don't say. <laughs> especially when it comes to dating. Oh. Um, and as a, at that time, not as yoga doing, granola eating, hiking, loving, skinny, blonde girl, um, dating was hard for me out there. Cause there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of a fish in my pond, if you, if you feel me. Um, they didn't like girls with curves at all that I found anyways. Um, and then I come back home and I have guys messaging me saying, you need to eat again. You need to start eating again. You need to eat more. You know, you've got too skinny. You need to thicken you up. And I'm just like, I can't win. <laughs> like, I, what do you want from me? Like, I don't – it's so frustrating to hear that. Like, just – don't comment at all. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And guys are just as guilty as women are in this, I feel like. Because sure. have you ever – ladies, I know you'll feel me on this. Guys, maybe not so much. Ladies, have you ever turned a guy down that has been hitting you up for months? Hey. Hey. Hey, gorgeous. Hey, what's up? As soon as you hey. turn them down, what do they say? 
fuck you, bitch. You're ugly. You then were, I, you I didn't want to talk anyways. to you anyways. Like, I was just blah, 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 blah. Like, I've seen this firsthand, secondhand so many times. It's not even funny. It's disgusting. It's really terrible. I mean, it's constant. Hey, beautiful. Hey, sexy. Hey, gorgeous. And then when you're like, I'm really not interested. Can you please stop messaging me? They're like, it's fine. You aren't that pretty anyways. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> just- but yet you've been spending all your time sending me these messages yeah and it's just like unnecessary and it's just it blows my mind how often that happens to people and honestly that leads us into the next topic which is really uh, we have a sign here that says don't say like or um and i still say like and um anyway cyberbullying, bullying on social media that's a huge thing that me and molly both deal with i can't i my first example is something as simple as I posted. It had been a year after Alan had passed, and I posted a photo of me and Charlie, my four-year-old, and my mother-in-law sitting next to his grave as they were, you know, filling it up. And I got a comment that was like, why would you share this? This is disgusting. I got another message that said something very similar. Why are you sharing this? That poor baby. And it was like, I can't win. Like, I, I, I thought it was a sweet photo. I honestly didn't take photos. I was distraught. So to actually see that moment and me and my daughter and my mother-in-law in that moment grieving my husband and her son and my daughter's daddy and then to get hate from that was like, wow, adults are really sad. This is terrible, you know? And I know you've been through the same thing. Yeah. And And not just with sad stuff like that, but with real, you know, just photos where people are like... They'll drag you down in any way they can. You shouldn't be showing that much skin, you whore. Like, all these crazy things that are like, stop. Like, let us live. Yeah. And TikTok's really bad for that, especially TikTok Live. And that's something that's becoming popular you know, Very with kids, popular, yeah. not just adults, but it's with kids too. And it's going to have a huge impact on our generations, generations, that was, it came out weird, children, because people are ruthless on there. Like they will straight up tell Warriors you to go unalive going. yourself with no remorse. Yeah, they don't care. Last year, Mason, I know, dealt with um, some bullying for the first time at <laughs> seven years old in first grade. And that, as a parent, was really hard for me to deal with, especially because I am so much more protective over Mason now that his dad's no longer with us. You mess with my kid and it's you're done. Like, I get so angry. But As that's just should. that's just my my parental mode kicking in and like my mama instincts right. and like wanting to protect my baby at all costs because he's already been through so much. And so when I found out that he'd been having problems with his kid, he told his teacher multiple times and I brought it up in several teacher conferences and nothing was really ever clearly addressed in my opinion. I definitely think they could have done a little bit better about it because it went on up until pretty much we moved it's sad that kids this young are already starting to bully people because all that tells me is that they're not receiving something at home 
Like they're not receiving what they need to be happy at home. So therefore they're hurting other people because they're hurting. Which is why we always make sure like both of us, I feel like make sure that our kids know and it's, it goes both ways. Like she lets my girls know. I let Mason know. We're always telling them like, you're so smart. You're so pretty. You're so like, you're so intelligent. You're so good at this and that. Like you're so musical. Like I'm so proud of you. Just so many good things so that, if it gets to the point where they're hearing negative things, they can block that out and hopefully just remember all those positive things they're getting. And that's something I think definitely would have helped me in my younger years. Had I had more positive reinforcement at home, I think I maybe wouldn't have let things that people said about me get to me as badly as it did. It's all you were hearing. It was Bible. And yeah, it was just basically confirming in my head more so you know, what was being said to me because I wasn't being told otherwise. And I don't, I don't want that for Mason. I want Mason to grow up confident in himself and in who he is and his individuality and not feel like he has to do things to impress people just to be cool. I mean, both Mason and Charlie have already expressed concerns about being bullied because they don't have dads that's something you know they don't have a full grasp on what it is to be different yet but they do know that not having a dad is different or at least it feels different and there will be a time obviously will there they will grow up and they will understand that there are other people that don't have dads or there are people that have two dads or there are people that have two moms or, or there are people that have you know, divorced split, parents, divorced parents in a split custody. There's so many different families, but it's hard to explain that at such a young age. And I mean, as sad as it sounds, my, <clears throat> I'm clearly losing my voice. As sad as it sounds, my four year old, um, she let me take her to the first, like meet the teacher and all that stuff. And then, um, the first day of school, she asked us before we left, she asked if my dad, her G daddy, if he could take her to school so that it would look like she had a dad. And I know that's heartbreaking, but it just goes to show that they they already know they're different at that young of an age, at that young of an age. And they're not different. And we want them to know that, but it's hard because, you know, not having a dad is a big deal. It's something they're very aware of. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's what makes it hard is because we're scared for them. Yeah, it's definitely, and it's going to get, they're going to get older, and I'm hoping, you know, along the way, there's some kind of change, there's some kind of shift, there's some kind of something where our generation is doing better in raising our children with more compassion for other people and to not bully people as much as we were bullied in our age. But in my dealings with adult bullying, it's not really looking good. So I think as a collective, we should try and get better at that. So another thing that we wanted to touch on is we have a very woke generation generation right now. And what I mean by that, for those that don't understand, is I know several women and I know everybody knows several women that preach women support women, babes support babes. Girls support girls. Like like you're uber feminists. Build... And there's nothing wrong with that. I wanted to point that out. No. And building up other females. 
But then the problem is the follow-up. It doesn't happen. There isn't an actual support there. And I want to read you a quote that we found from Psychology Today. It says, in an era of women supporting women, it's astounding how many people truly don't abide by that. And it's true. It's scary. It's sad. Yeah. So, and this is something I've dealt with. This is something Nina's dealt with. Women supporting women, I love. We 100% stand for. We 100% believe in. But there's those women that preach that, but they are in the background, like behind backs, whispering, talking, dragging others down, making false claims, lying, rumors. And yet they still have the audacity to say that they support that. And I think it gives it kind of a bad a bad rep and feminism a like bad so-called rep. so-called friends <clears throat> right. or ex-friends, you know, slandering you on the internet and, you know, other sources. So it's, it's pretty crazy to see that adults still engage in behavior that we experienced in high school and we're now in our 30s and entering our 30s. It's no, it's not something that goes away, and I don't want that to make anybody like scared or nervous. But bullying does not end in high school; it just doesn't. Oh, I'll give you an example. As a business owner, um, and as a woman business owner, at that there are lots of people that are very supportive. There are lots of people out there that are very uplifting, and there are lots of people that are not. Um, and that's just how it is. That's how business is, and that's okay. But it shocks me sometimes when I find out that different business owners are saying things or different business owners are looking at me as competition. There's room for all of us. That's how I view my business. There is room for everybody. When a bride calls me and tells me that they found their dress somewhere else, sometimes they call and they're like, I'm so sorry, but y'all are so sweet. And I'm like, do not apologize for finding the dress of your dreams. I don't care where you found it. I don't care if you found it in a basement. You know, congratulations. You're still getting married. And everything is fine. And I want to give you uh, just one quick example of that. In the very early stages of me working in retail, I worked for a company. And the owner of that company is a friend of mine, Jenny. I ended working with the company. You know, we split ways. And there was a long period of time where there was not really much communication between us. But as soon as Alan died, I had a message from her that said, what do I need to do? Do I need to open the shop? How can I, like, how can I help you? Do I need to send one of my employees to help you? Like, it was, it was the true example of women supporting women. I mean, I, I've got to just say how it is. That is what it was. She was like, I'll open the shop. You don't need to be working right now. Like, what can I do? And it's just little things like that, that show you there are women out there that truly support other women, other women, no matter what it is. She's another business owner, but that's women supporting women. And that needs to be celebrated and, and done more. Done more. <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> I sounded like Shania Twain. Before we say our goodbyes, I just want to shout out a few web pages and a hotline that can be used if you or someone you know or your kids are being bullied. There's tons of resources online. There's stopbullying.gov. There's crisistextline.org. 
There's stompoutbullying.org. There's whattobecome.com. Um, there's a hotline, and the number is one 488 7386 And uh, there's lots of resources out there, and we'll list them in our uh, description. description so you can see those if you need them, if you want them. Or reach out to us, and we can help you. Like, we have a lot of resources ourselves and people we know and people that can help and – that's what we're here for. We want we want to interact with you guys. Like we want you guys to send us messages. We whether, don't get paid for this. Yeah, no, we we do this because we like making people feel like they're less alone out there. Because we, we felt like we we're alone like. for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we t- we have a, ten- a tendency to talk at the same time. Sorry, and say the same things. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so yeah, we are here for you. Um, we will always be here for you and bullying needs to stop. I know there's not a quick fix for that, but whether you're in middle school, high school, or you're an adult and you're experiencing it, please, please reach out to somebody. Okay, guys, as always, we thank you so much. We love every single one of you. The feedback we receive from you makes us smile, makes us so happy, and makes every hour that we put into this 100% worth it. We couldn't thank you more because, like, you know, without you guys, we would have no reason to talk to a mic. So, <laughs> like we always said, stay undead. Stay undead.